welcome to Health, Wealth and the Pursuit of Happiness, a podcast that will empower you to live a more inspired life and find real freedom. Each episode, Mark Dale Mazer and Aries Jimenez discuss best life practices covering topics ranging from health and well-being to true wealth and our relationship to money to understanding what real freedom and happiness really is. They provide tools and a system for helping you live a balanced, authentic life in complete harmony with your mind, body and soul. Hi everyone and welcome to Health, Wealth and the Pursuit of Happiness. Hi, I'm Mark Dale Mazer. And I'm Aries Jimenez. And we want to thank you for joining us today as we explore the topic of vision. It's the importance of having a vision and what we call true vision and big vision. And what does that really mean? Up to this point, we have delivered three podcasts that are leading up to vision. And so I think it would be helpful if we review that a little bit. We initially talked about intention and intention setting, if you will, that you want something greater, that you feel perhaps even an inspiration. But I think that oftentimes intention begins with an awareness of where we are. And for many of us that have experienced vision, we have this sense of wanting something more or something else. And then we look for essentially what is inspiration? You know, what is really inspiring us to something greater or bigger or more? Where's that coming from? And in our third podcast, we talked about where we really access the real feeling and this idea of what that might be. And we generally get that from our our spirit. And we get that from listening to our inner being. And from that listening, we then come forth with this concept or an idea or something that's driving us forward. And the next logical step is we get a little bit of a clearer path or picture of what this actually looks like. And that's really what vision is all about. Vision is about getting that picture and where you we step forward into that picture with faith and belief that this is truly our more inspired future, whatever that is. So vision plays a very important part. And in the work that we do with clients, we try to bring clients to this point of vision. We actually have a meeting. We call the vision meeting. And as you know, we take people through after a fairly lengthy exploration stage to know sort of what's going on within them. We begin to mirror back answers to questions that we have brought them that gets them to think about a more inspired future and what that might look like. And then at the precipice of it all, we present this picture. And from that picture, they can begin to move forward with more clarity and a lot of excitement and energy behind moving forward. So vision really does play a very important part to living an inspired life. Carl Jung says, your vision will become clear only when you can look into your own heart. Who looks outside dreams? Who looks inside awakens. And Oprah, she puts it this way, create the highest, grandest vision possible for your life because you become what you believe. I think for me, when I think about vision, 
And the way I'd like to explain vision is it's really the alignment of your heart and your mind. And Oprah kind of hits on that because she, she talks about what you believe. And so I believe that in order to have a vision, you have to have belief around that thing, whatever it is. And, and vision really is, is about knowing what it is that you want. And then as you and I discussed, Mark, it's, once you get to that point, it's, it's asking that deeper question is, why do you want that? Mm-hmm. What is it about that thing or this idea, this vision, this picture that you have? What is it about that that is important? For you, Mark, I mean, how would you describe vision? I would describe vision as a picture of what the future might look like and that in that picture is embodied not only the faith and the belief, but the excitement and the energy for wanting it for whatever reason. And I think of all the great things that are really accomplished on the planet in a very large scale, whether it's business, whether it's social outreach, whatever it may be, whether it's innovation or inventing, I think it all starts with this vision of someone seeing the future differently than someone else is seeing it. And for us individually, we want to see it typically different than it is looking right now or how it has looked for us. What I love about Carl Jung's quote is it does begin with this inside game and with it comes an awakening. And so when we go back to the podcast that we've talked about, this is really what inner listening is all about. It's quieting the mind. It's quieting everything about inside of you so that you can hear what is always speaking in the form of your spirit and your soul. And then when you begin to hear it, you begin to have a sense. And I do believe you do sort of become somewhat awakened. And with that awakening comes this momentum. And with the momentum comes an energy and an energy that begins to just sort of take on a life of its own. And before you know it, we're out there sort of dreaming, almost fantasizing and thinking beyond ourselves. And I think that's the other thing that's so important about vision. Something needs to get us beyond ourselves where we are today. And I think vision is kind of the inertia to do it. And I think that we as humans are responsible for obtaining that vision for ourselves and then seeing it through to the end at all costs, sometimes without compromise. And I think that all the great things that come out of vision comes from that kind of energy and commitment. And so for our clients that we want to move from point A to point B, for any of our listeners that we certainly want to help support moving from where they are to something greater, having the opportunity to share each of our experiences with vision, having an opportunity to share how we help clients get a vision, how we get a vision for ourselves, what we go through, the exercises, the tools, the coaching, I think we'll hopefully model some way that people can grab onto something here that's really meaningful for themselves. Right. 
And the one thing I really love about that that quote is it's saying you you have to examine your heart. You have to look inside. You know, you have to really figure out and determine what is it that you want at a very, very deep level. And so, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on is the title of the podcast, True Vision, Big Vision. So there, there is a difference between having a, what I call a small vision yeah, versus what we ideally would want for everybody is to, for them to develop a big vision, a much bigger vision. And so, you know, the way I, I view a small vision, a small vision could be something, it's ego-driven, it's self-driven. I view it as it being self-centered. So... You might have a vision of something that you want, but it really just it's really just about you, right? Versus where when I really think about big vision, because it is it's heart centered, it's so big that it involves other people. So in that sense, it is other centered. And with that, because it's so big, it might be something that that you think about or something that you want. And when you think about it, you might even have thoughts that it might be impossible, right? And it probably is if it was just up to you, Mm -hmm. right? But it's not if it involves other people, something bigger than yourself. And so, you know, one of the things that we really want to focus on in general is just helping others develop this big vision of, of themselves, something that's bigger. I love that. It's really true the difference between a small vision and a big vision. And the small is typically, like you said, centered around ourselves. It's very limited and it's very ego-driven. When spirit-driven, it can only be big. How can it be small? Spirit and that which resides in all of us is the very energy of the universe, of the cosmos. And so with that leading, it can only be anything but really magnificent. The other part of this, too, we call true vision. And what true vision really means is a word that is reflecting a similar dynamic. We can have a vision that is really birthed from ego, our persona, who we are. And there's nothing wrong with that. But isn't tr- that is not really true vision. True vision is something that's tied to the true essence of who we are. And that's what we really seek to get for ourselves and our clients is that very essence emanating from spirit that addresses the question of who we are. It addresses the question of why we're here because typically our true vision is tied to both of those things and logically as it should be because if you know who you are as a spiritual being in a human body, then you know that there is something quite beyond the physical realm of this world that you're to do. But what is that? But when you find it, that's true vision. And then it can only be a big vision because now you've put the ego, and this is not to bash the ego. We need the ego. It's part of living and existing and relating in a time-space reality and what we experience here on Earth. But it isn't the true us. And so when we have that true, we have the big And those two combined make for really the beginning of what we like to call the great inspired life coming from spirit. 
So as an underpinning of what vision is, it's really our definition of it, and what we have talked about is helping our listeners with some modeling of how they can get a vision. And so what I'd like to do is talk a little bit about some of the tools that we use. And then let's both talk about how we use the tools and how we experience the tools. Because what we're going to do in our following episode is we're going to role play how we bring vision out for the person we're speaking with. In this case, it could be client. In this case, it could be you. And it's going to be me. And both of us are intimately familiar with our life plans. Right. And the things that are in front of us. And so we'll have the advantage of really being kind of an inside track and and being able to bring a little bit more power and evidence of what, you know, the kind of work that we can really do. So let's begin with one of the tools. So when you think of vision and the work that you're doing in terms of helping clients define a vision and doing it for yourself as well, what's been the most meaningful tool? And tell us a little bit about that tool. Well, one of the tools that we have, and we've gotten these these tools and resources through Money Quotient, mm-hmm. and so they have this thing called the Wheel of Life, and I'm actually going to be going into two tools, and they actually build off of each other, and so with the Wheel of Life, it's, it's something that we give someone to fill out, and it has nine different areas in a person's life, right? It could be home, it could be, you know, finances. It could be leisure, right, inner growth. So it has a total of nine of them. And so the exercise for the person is to look at each area in their life and rate it from essentially one to ten in terms of satisfaction. Highest level of satisfaction being ten, lowest level being one. And so you do that, and it's, it's a circle. It's like a spoke, and then you connect the dots, and ultimately what that does is it shows you kind of, you know, it shows you a visual of what your what your life looks like right now. And in most cases, there might be certain areas that are a 10. And so it might, you know, it might be rounded out, but then other other ones that are a lot lower. And so, you know, the, the, the circle or the wheel is uneven. Right. And so what we do with we use that as a baseline to to have conversations with our clients about, you know, why did you rate this a 10? You know, tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, you rated this one. This is actually your lowest score. This area, you know, tell me a little bit more about that and, you know, shed some light on on why why you scored this area the lowest. And you, you get them talking about that specific area in their life. Right. And then. The other tool that we use that builds on that exercise is a tool called Visualize Your Life, right? It takes the same areas, but the exercise is looking at each one of those areas, describe what a 10 would actually would actually look like, right? So that kind of helps them think about what it is that they want to see happen in that area. What are the details around that? And for me, I feel like it's it's a very helpful tool to get a, a better understanding and a clearer picture of what's important to that to that person. And so that really is just the beginning of of getting the the juices flowing 
for that for that person and trying to extract out what that life vision really looks like right right and there's two parts to when we're using these tools there's the part for the person that's actually doing the exercise where they have an opportunity to express verbally which is a lot different than just thinking it and in the verbal expression you're outputting and someone's inputting and what's so powerful in the work that we do is that our clients have a partner with which to do that they have perhaps a partner that they brought into the meeting and then they have us as planners and advisors that can hear the output and can begin to have conversations around that and to lead the conversations because i think what helps us get clarity is processing and processing through expression. And with that expression comes feelings. I think the feelings are great indicators whether we're onto something that is gonna kind of lead us into an inspirational, sort of onto an inspirational path or onto something that could lead us to an inspirational path. So those two tools really are great because it gives us kind of a, a big picture sense for where we are at, where our client is at. And then we can begin to, like you say, well, you're sitting here at a four. Why a four? And then what would need to change and what would, let's say, a six look like or an eight or even a 10? And the client begins to expand and really begin to articulate what is gonna be much more meaningful in this particular area of their life. So those are two great tools. Is there anything more that you would want to share regarding the tools? You know, there is another tool that we use that I, I'd actually like you to get into a little bit and explaining, and it's through through the Kinder Institute. George Kinder, he uses what he calls the, the three questions. So if you could talk about what the three questions, what that exercise is all about. Love the three questions and love it working in tandem with what he calls the heart's core grid. So again, coming back to really where things begin is awareness. And we use the tools to help our clients become more aware of where they are. And the one way they become aware is by moving them into a hypothetical situation that's different from where they are. And one of the ways we do it is with the three questions. And the first question being, if you had, for lack of a better term, all the money in the world, you had enough money and resources to not have to worry about even making money, how would you live your life differently? Now, the significance of this question is money plays such an important part of just living. And when you bring money to the table, you have a component that kind of ties you to doing something. Because the way we typically earn money is we trade it for a service. We either go directly to the client or we're part of a larger organization that goes directly to the client. So you're either working on your own or you're working within a company or a group, but delivering something of value that you're getting paid for. That transaction allows us to, to live. 
just even the basics of life, food, clothing, housing. But what happens often is that in order to make the money, we have started from a point that is not necessarily congruent with who we are. We all come into the world, we all grow up the way we grow up, and the society oftentimes pushes us in a direction in terms of who we become. That's pushed by both society, peers, family, etc. And it often, in concert with that, pushes us into a particular career or a way of making money. It's typically tied to things that we might be innately skilled at. But none of these things might or could or are guaranteed to reflect who we are. All they are is a means of what? Going out of the world and making a buck. There's nothing wrong with that. We need the buck. Okay, that's how we live. But it can very easily take us off track from who we really are because we've never concentrated on that. And had we concentrated it in an early stage of our life, I think when it came career time, we would just want to align with who we are, with how we're making a living. And so we remove the money completely from the story and say, how would you live if you didn't have to go out and work for money? What would you do? And why would you do it? And it's an open-ended question, and you just let a client talk. And it's a great question. It's a great question. I enjoyed just thinking through that for myself, right? Absolutely. And then the second question is, same scenario. You've got all the money you need, but in this scenario, you only have a certain amount of time left in your life. You've gone to the doctor, and he says you have 10 years to live, and you don't know exactly when you're going to go, but it'll be in roughly about 10 years. Would you change the way you're living? Now it creates a little bit more of an urgency. Because again, we have this tendency of saying, oh, someday, somewhere out in the future, I'll do what I really want to do. But in this question, now we take away the future or a portion of the future. And if you had a limited amount of time to do this vague idea of maybe what you really want to do, would you do it any differently? Would you do life differently? It's a good question. And then I think the most powerful of the three questions is you're back at the doctor again, and this time the doctor says, you've got 24 hours to live. Now, there's not a whole lot you're going to do in 24 hours, so the question doesn't ask that. Not how are you going to live knowing you have 24 hours to live. The question is, what would you have missed or regretted? Missed being, regretted not doing or not having. So we look at those three things, being, doing, having, and what would you miss from that? And it really makes you think. It's a starting point. And then it goes into the heart's core grid where we take the same three words, be, do, and have. And we ask the question, at your heart's core, who do you really want to be? And at your heart's core, what do you really want to do? Now, both of these two questions really get to who are we and why are we here? Now, again, let's go back to the premise. If you're a spiritual being in a human body, you came here for a purpose. Your spirit is here as a living entity, the very, again, life force of the cosmos. This is not a random walk through time and space reality. So if that's the case, reason would hold. that somewhere deep within you where that soul and spirit resides, 
knows who you are, knows who it is, <laughs> and knows what you're here for. And that's what we call the heart. That is what we call the heart. So in the heart's court's grid, we're seeking to find who that is for you, who you want to be. What is it for you that you want to do? Why are you here? And those hearts core be, hearts core do, and then hearts core have. And so we have a column of these three inputs, and then we have the same for ought to or fun to. So ought to be. So this is where we get trapped. We come into this mental construct of who we think we should be and therefore what we think we ought to do. And so what the exercise does is, again, brings an awareness. Of certain expectations, Correct. right? The ought to. are really to. Expectations. Where, and, and really thinking about where those come from. Where they come from because at the end of the day, you have a choice between being who you really are meant to be at your heart's core or being someone that you ought to be well, is there a choice, really? Who would choose ought to when the true essence of you is sitting over here under heart's core? But what it does is it shows you how much of what we do is driven by this ought to. It's influenced by other people. Very much so. You know, the world, you know, a lot of external factors, right? Right. And so back to you don't want to be looking outside and finding out the answers. You need to be looking within right right and it says the same thing ought to do what should you ought to do i think the most interesting thing that i've noticed over the work is that there's no question that the larger deeper most content that is developed from these questions sits in the ought to column and that's just painted clear as clear as day how we've got our lives backwards <laughs> and that we're not really living true vision and we're not living big vision and then ought to have I mean this ought to column is just incredibly powerful and then if for some reason you can't get to heart's desire on its own there's the fun column because oftentimes fun and the feeling of fun can bring up something that may not come otherwise in the heart's core and there might be something very valid in that fun column. It might be a little trivial, no question about it, but there might be something else there. So the, the, the objective of all these tools is we come at it, kind of the same question from all these different angles to try to help our client, and when we're doing it for ourselves, ourselves understand and get closer to what is for us true vision. What is at the heart core for us to be? What is it at our heart's core that we are to do or to have? And those things are the most important things that we should all be focusing on. I believe that it is. Right, because it's, it's a way for us to help prioritize and really use as a decision-making process and questioning, you know, what are we doing with, say, our time, our financial resources, our energy, all those things, and are they in alignment with what came out of these exercises? Right, right. Because if they're not, then the question becomes is, well, why are you doing those things? 
And wouldn't you agree that investing your resources, your time, money, all that, don't you think you'd have a, a greater return if you did focus on what was truly more important to you? No question about it. And that's why we're here doing the work. So these tools, as powerful as they are, we want to go to the next level with our listening audience with these tools. And we want to show them how they're actually used. And so the concept is that our next podcast will actually be one of us life planning the other. But we'll be taking turns. We will be. Walking each other through some of these tools so that way you as the audience can just get a better understanding of kind of what does that process look and sound like and maybe in your you know for yourself just answering some of those questions for yourself as well and what what comes out of that for you you exactly so is there anything more that you would want to touch on when it comes to vision before we sign off and get our listening audience ready for I guess part two of true vision big vision which is the role play anything more I mean, the only thing that I would add or maybe add to was, you know, this whole concept that, you know, for me, vision is all about having belief. I think it goes hand in hand. And so, you know, like, like as we were talking through this today, you know, I think about an example would be, let's just say, just winning the Super Bowl, right? Just the two teams, just because it's it's something that happened recently. You know, we had the New England Patriots play the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. And, you know, I think one of the one of the key exercises and the things that I'm sure that all the players would go through with their coaches and just everyone in the organization is really thinking and imagining and having that vision as if you won the Super Bowl already. Mm-hmm. Like what would that what would that feel like? Can you imagine that? You know, and I think if you can what that does is that just builds your belief that you could actually you could actually do that and you could accomplish it. If it's hard for you to imagine what that would look like, you know, winning the Super Bowl, then I would say there's some doubt there. Yeah. Maybe you can't think about it because maybe you don't see it happening for yourself, whatever that might be, right? And so I think vision is very important because it really helps with the belief aspect. And that to me is where possibilities really start yeah right is they start with an idea they start with a thing and you know being able to have that vision and have that vision really be clear to me that that's a translation of you're starting to build on the belief that it it could actually happen for you and if you can't then i think it's it's worth mentioning or asking the questions as to why Mm -hmm. you know right and just digging in deep regarding maybe some some things that might be stopping you from believing that you could accomplish yeah. these things. Yeah. Cool. Well said. I think we're ready to rock and roll for our next episode. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Me too. Who is going to plan who first? Guess we'll talk about that offline. Yeah. All right. So in closing, good stuff. And I'm excited to get into the role playing. For audience, we would leave you with this exhortation that we do after every show, which is thank you for very much for listening. 
be free, be free and be happy. Some of the concepts and tools used in the process of helping you discover a more balanced and inspired life are provided by the Kinder Institute, Money Quotient, and the Strategic Coach. These may be referenced throughout different episodes of the podcast, and you can learn more about each of them in our show notes at hwph.org. You can also find more information about the work Mark and Aries do at sandiegowealth.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and available directly via email with feedback, questions, and more at us at hwph.org. Thank you all for listening.